The sun rises over the San Joaquin Valley, California. Today is May 22, 2020. The COVID-19 pandemic has created a limited access to PPE in many health centers around the nation. Last week, Amazon also prioritized individual physicians for COVID-19 supplies in providing much-needed PPE for private practices. As a result, AAFP members and others working on the front lines of the pandemic have direct access to hundreds of items related to PPE, disinfectants, sanitizing products, diagnostic equipment, and other materials. Way to go, Amazon. Thank you for your business. Welcome to Rio Bravo QE, the podcast of the Rio Bravo Family Medicine Residency Program, recorded weekly from Bakersfield, California, a land where growing is happening everywhere. The Rio Bravo Family Medicine Residency Program trains residents and students to prevent illnesses and bring health and hope to our community. Our mission is to seek, teach, and serve. Sponsored by Clinica Sierra Vista, we are providing compassionate and affordable care to patients throughout Kern and Fresno counties since 1971. Don't let success determine your happiness, but instead let your happiness determine your success. Selah Barhum. What a great quote. When you are happy, you are successful. We can see our happiness as the highest level of success. And today we have with us a successful man, Joseph Gomes. Uh, he's a very entertaining guy. He's, uh, he has a great sense of humor and he's very intelligent. He's known by his friends as Joe or Jojo. <laughs> so welcome, Dr. Gomez. Let me ask you your first question. Tell us who you are. Sure. Thank you, Doctor. Um, appreciate you having me on this podcast. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure. Uh, so I'm Joseph Gomes, Dr. Gomes. I'm a father of two crazy little munchkins that uh, keep me busy. I'm also R2 in our Rio Bravo Family Medicine program here in Bakersfield. Recently was elected as one of the three chiefs for the upcoming 2020-2021 academic year. So I'm pretty jazzed about that. Um, other academic stuff, I did my undergraduate degree in Sacramento where I got a BS in biomedical, biomedical sciences. Um, and then for medical school, went to the American University of the Caribbean School of Medicine in St. Martin. Come on, Joe. Tell us something about you, like something outside of medicine. Outside of medicine. Hmm. So I mentioned that I'm a dad. Uh, they keep me pretty darn busy. So um, being a dad is, is like my greatest achievement, I guess I could say. So hanging out with them, um, I do enjoy cupcakes, uh, just stuff like that. Okay, let's, uh, Sandra, take notes there. Cupcakes <laughs> for Dr. Gomes for next birthday. So, um, okay, so that's going to take us to question number two. Tell us what you learned this week. So this week, um, the the topic that I have today is not necessarily something that I discovered this week, but it's something I refreshed this week, um, and that's called expedited partner therapy. It's something that I first learned about in my intern year. Great. 
So what what is that? Can you give us a definition? Sure. I'll, I'll give you, so from here on out, I'll refer to EPT because expedited partner therapy is kind of a long um, mouth mouthful. So uh, I'll give you the definition per CDC, and it's the clinical practice of treating the sex partners of patients diagnosed with chlamydia or gonorrhea by providing prescriptions or medications to the patient to take to his or her partner without healthcare provider first examining the partner. Um, and then any partners, in the plural, um, in the past 60 days of date of diagnosis should also be treated. So EPT is for gonorrhea and chlamydia only. And um, since gonorrhea is treated with uh, intramuscular cestriaxin, what do you do in that case? That's a great question. Um, CDC also has a recommendation for that. It's not the optimal treatment, but it is a, a valid treatment uh, of providing an oral alternative, and that's Cefixime, or Suprax is brand name for that. Um, and the dose would be 400 milligram PO times one, then the normal azithromycin uh, oral one gram. So as a reminder for everybody, the treatment of gonorrhea is intramuscular cetriaxin and azithromycin. You have to give both. Hmm. And uh, so give us some guidelines, Dr. Gomes, about sure. Um, EPT. Sure, I'd be happy to. So there, first of all, EPT is, is specifically for gonorrhea and chlamydia. Um, there's a couple options that we have. One is to give essentially a double dose or or two servings or of a of a prescription under your patient's name. So say you know John Doe, Jane Smith, whatever, you would prescribe double the dose of the cefixime um, and azithromycin, for example. Or if the patient is willing to provide this information, you can obtain the sexual partner or partner's information, usually just date of birth and name is sufficient, and um, you can prescribe under that patient's name. So, for example, call the pharmacy and say, hey, I have this patient. Uh, I usually give them a heads up, say, hey, this is for an EPT situation, um, and they're, they've been pretty understanding. Um, and then you should give detailed instructions, warnings. There's some controversy about this uh, in the sense that you're prescribing medication for a patient that you you may never see. So you don't know anything about this person. So it's a little scary because you're putting your license on the line and your name on the line there because you don't know their allergies, you don't know their intolerances, what they're going to do with the medicine. Um, you just have to kind of trust that they're going to use it as directed. So the more specific you can be with your instructions and warnings, the better. Uh, CDC also recommends education and counseling. This could be in the form of if you have like STI pamphlets or um, some sort of brochures, information uh, that you can pass along or refer a patient to websites such as the CDC website, uh, the WHO, public health websites, etc. cetera. Um, and then you should advise the patient to have their partners come in. We, we would still love to see those people just so we can screen for other things and have uh, a more robust conversation, um, but p particularly women uh, who have symptoms of PID, um, th they should be they should come in for treatment and for at least a further discussion. And then lastly, no sexual intercourse for seven days is advised, and that's to prevent something that's kind of commonly referred to as the ping pong effect, whereby you can treat your patient and they can be cured of whatever infection 
And then if they engage in sexual activity with whomever the source person was, they will just get it back. And then you kind of pass it back and forth um, in that way. So it's advised no sexual intercourse for seven days. It's good to remember that um, EPT is completely legal. So we can do it. Um, We don't have any any risk if we're doing it under these um, guidelines that you're giving us. Right. And uh, we kind of have been doing it here and there, but and I didn't know that was legal or illegal. I was doing it anyways. <laughs> but it's good to know. It's comforting to know that it's, it's legal in California. So there is many states where it's not legal, but mm-hmm. I think it's only one. Only one now, yeah. It's uh, South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah. where it's not legal. So uh, can you give us some examples when EPT is not recommended? Sure, that's a great question. So there, there are a couple of instances that it's not recommended for. And it's um, some of them are intuitive. Um, maybe some of the others are not. So I'll start with men who have sex with men. It is not recommended to do expedited partner therapy, not for discriminatory purposes or anything of that nature, but just because um, uh, that patient population has a higher risk for coexisting infections. So it would be important, particularly for screening of HIV to have the patient come into the clinic and have a more robust conversation versus, you know, having a risk of them being lost to follow up. Also, if it's a suspected child abuse case or any sexual assault case or any situation where the patient's safety um, could be compromised, then it's it's advised not to use the EPT option. Okay, so EPT is not used in syphilis because syphilis needs to be treated with uh, intramuscular penicillin. And it's a good reminder that doxycycline is contraindicated in pregnancy. And EPT has not been proven to be beneficial. There's lower evidence um, when it's needed to treat other STDs such as HSV, scabies, uh, uh, pubic lice, and trichomonas. So um, why is that knowledge important for you, Dr. Gomes, and your patients? So when I first encountered this topic, it was my intern year and I was with doctors Martinez and Bear. And I asked them, being my seniors, you know, what what can I do in this situation? I have a patient, uh, I believe it was a female that I was treating, and um, we needed to get the partner treated as well. And it was Dr. Bear who referred me to uh, Z-Dog MD, who has a podcast where he addressed this issue and right then and there the three of us kind of looked it up and and educated ourselves on this topic it's particularly important here in in our region being in kern county in california because the there are very high rates of stis here in kern county Um, data that is published on the public health department for kern county from 2017 show that um, about one STI per hour is diagnosed per day. So you can, it's between like 24 and 30 something cases a day are newly diagnosed infections. So that's a pretty high number and it's higher than the other counties in the state. Um, and we're actually the third worst in the state for chlamydia, um, followed by San Francisco and Alpine counties. Um, so it's, it's really important that we have this in mind, particularly because we're in an endemic region. That's very interesting and very relevant. I agree with you. Uh, 
you know, uh, the incidence of chlamydia is probably much more, much more higher than we think uh, because we, we only diagnose a few patients who come to the clinic and we test them, but there is a lot of cases out there that we don't know about. Um, so, again, what do you think this is important? In, um, yeah, so, and I mentioned a second ago, like the ping pong effect thing. Um, so to touch on it again, it's it's like a phenomenon where the sexual partner reinfects one another. Um, ideally, you'd have the patient and their partner in the clinic at the same time, and you can give the treatment that we always give, the IM injection and the PO, and everybody gets treated and goes home happy. Um, what usually happens, though, is only one partner uh, presents for screening um, or diagnosis, so you can treat that patient in clinic appropriately, but then if they were to engage in sexual activity with the, you know, source partner, um, then they can go ahead and pass that back to your patient, and you can have this, it's called ping pong <laughs> effect, where you're kind of <laughs> passing the STI back and forth. Um, so you have this prolonged period where no one is really getting treated. So um, to, to prevent that, EPT is is a good option. So ping pong is actually my favorite sport. Uh-oh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't this recommend sense. this kind of ping pong. Yeah, not, not this ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> not this ping pong. <laughs> so Dr. Gongs, uh, the question number four is, um, tell us how you learn normally. How do you get this knowledge and how you normally learn stuff? So kind of like with this EPT thing, um, self-study is something that I prefer. I found that works for me. Um, being able to look something up at my own pace and read through it um, is something that I, I appreciate. Also, having like on-demand lectures are cool. Um, AAFP right now, in fact, with the whole COVID situation, they've released the 2020 um, AAFP lecture series for the board review. Um, so you can go on the website for free and watch all these videos. It's incredible. So um, I'd say those two modalities are, are two of my preferred ones. Good. And what sources do you use to, to get this knowledge? I usually, there's actually an app. Let me, I want to give the uh, correct name of it. FP Notebook is an incredible app. Um, it's, they use reference, uh, references from up to date CDC, uh, it's all current published data and guidelines. Um, I, I use it literally every day, multiple times a day. Also, there's up to date. There's other resources out there, um, Hippocrates, etc. This information in particular, um, the majority of it came from the CDC um, per their website, as well as the Kern County Public Health website, which actually it's a really cool. Um, they have a, a sublink embedded in their in their web page whereby a patient can go on that website and anonymously submit the one of their partner's names so that you can um, it takes the, the sort of awkwardness of having a confrontation or a conversation um, out of the picture. So there's a lot of cool things that 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 can be used. So we should publish that link in our website, though. Yeah, for sure. So, um, okay. Um, well, you know, EPT is a great topic. I'm glad that you brought it to the table today because I think um, 
we forget about the partners. You know, we, we treat the patient. Well, we get very happy. We give her the azithromycin here in clinic, but then what's going to happen after that? So uh, it's always important to remom- remember that it's an option. It doesn't need to be the standard of care because the, the ideal would be to bring the partner in the mm-hmm. clinic and examine and talk about this and, and screen the patient and, and screen the patient for other diseases, other STDs. But if that's not possible, then EPT is our option. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you remember that. Thank you so much, Dr. Gomes, for being here with us. Well, thank you, doctor. appreciate it. Any final words before we end this part of the podcast? Uh, I don't think so, other than it's lunchtime. Oh, thanks for spending, <laughs> thanks for spending your lunchtime with me. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. Speaking Medical. Hi, I'm Dr. Kumar, and I'm here to teach you the medical term of the day. The medical word of the day is fasciculation. A fasciculation is a small involuntary muscle contraction and relaxation, also known as a muscle twitch. Approximately 70% of fasciculations are benign in etiology. However, the remaining 30% of the cases can be due to hypomagnesemia, benzodiazepine withdrawals, acetylcholinesterase inhibitor use, caffeine use, rabies, and other lower motor neuron disorders, such as ALS, poliomyelitis, and spinal muscular atrophies. In order to further evaluate the etiology behind the fasciculations, a thorough neuromuscular examination should be performed. Further evaluation with an electrolyte panel, electromyography, nerve conduction studies, neuromuscular ultrasound, or muscle biopsy can also be performed in determining the cause. If you have a patient with eye twitching, it might be a fasciculation, but it also could be them winking at you. (laughs) Hi. This is Dr. Carranza on our section, Spanish, por favor. The Spanish word of this week is enfermo. Enfermo, if it's a male, or enferma, if it's a female, means ill or sick. This word comes from the Latin root infirmus, which can be broken down into in and firmus, meaning not firm. This is understood as not standing or not well. Patients can come to you with the complaint, Doctor, estoy enfermo, or Doctor, me siento enferma. Again, enferma is for female, or if they say, Doctor, me siento enfermo, that's for a male, um, which means, Doctor, I'm ill, or I feel sick. At this point, you will know they do not feel well and can start investigating what's going on. Now you know the Spanish word of the week, enfermo. Have a great week. For your sanity. What's the difference between a rectal thermometer and an oral thermometer? Mm, I don't know. The taste. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have one. Okay. 
Kids, what does the chicken give you? Meat. Very good. Now, what does the pig give you? Bacon. Great. And what does the fat cow give you? Homework. Yeah. <laughs> Any other joke? I have one last night. Doctor, my ear is ringing. What should I do? You should answer it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Now we conclude our episode number 13, Treat the Partners, EPT. For partners who are unlikely to seek medical attention, suffixium and azithromycin is the current recommended regimen for gonorrhea, and azithromycin 1 gram single dose is the recommended treatment for chlamydia. This practice is not only permissible, but it is endorsed by the CDC, AAFP, ACOG, and many other organizations. Also, next time a patient winks at you, Think of the word fasciculation. If your patient tells you they are enfermos, don't panic. You are being trained to cure your ill patients. Our podcast team this week is Hector Ariaza, Claudia Carranza, Monica Kumar, Verna Marquez, and Steven Saito. Audio by Siraj Amritya. See you next week. And that's the end of Rio Bravo Q Week. We say goodbye from Bakersfield, California, a special place in the beautiful Central Valley of California, United States, a land where growing is happening everywhere. If you have any feedback about this podcast, please contact us by email at rbresidency at clinicaseravista.org or by visiting our website at riobravofmrp.org backslash qweek. This podcast was created with educational purposes only please visit your primary care physician for additional medical advice.